welcome back to another episode of the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really do appreciate your support. Uh, those of you, especially that are listening to me twice a week, I super appreciate that. Uh, thank you very much. And for those of you that may be new, uh, this is the Sunday sit down edition. Well, what I used to call Sunday sit down edition. Now it's just the, the Sunday episode of the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. I'm Jonathan, your host, and here at the Redbeard Outdoors podcast, we discuss various topics, stories, experiences, uh, but mainly under the umbrella of family, fitness, and health, all wrapped into one, and the outdoors. And that's anything from backpacking, hiking, family time outside, so that's camping, uh, hunting, and many other topics that are all wrapped up under that umbrella. Those are the things that we discuss here. So today is that Sunday edition where I'm going to discuss the first part of my very first elk hunt with a bow here in 2021. And that's uh, that's what I'm going to be talking about today. So before we get into that, I just wanted to say you can always check me out on Instagram at red.beard.outdoors. You can always go on Facebook, same thing, red.beer.outdoors. You can also message me if you're wanting to join the health fitness group that I've got. It's a private group where we, I post on there every day and I answer questions and and discuss things that I'm doing in my life uh, with my family and me personally to get better, stay healthy, and stay ready to get back on the mountains whenever the time arises. Sometimes it happens in a short notice and sometimes like right now I'm already planning for 2022 and going elk hunting. So anyway, that's what I've got for you today. Uh, If you have any questions or feedback, please shoot it over to me in a message or uh, you can check me out, like I said, on Instagram or Facebook and send me a message over there. So today I just wanted to go over the first part of my elk hunt here in 2021. I was super excited. I'd been practicing with my bow for over a year, and you can go back to previous podcasts and listen to that about uh, the dedication I've put into bow shooting this whole last year since September of 2020, and what I've done to prepare myself for my first elk hunt with a bow, and first bow hunting experience in general. Uh, Last week, I discussed uh, bow hunting I guess two weeks ago, I discussed bow hunting, my first year bow hunting, and got up to the point of where I was about to leave for my elk hunt. So today, I want to start, and we're going to start here on August 31st, and that was a, a big day for me. I was super excited. It was almost like Christmas Eve, and I love Christmas. Maybe, maybe you don't, uh, but I grew up where Christmas was a big holiday where we celebrated with family, we shared gifts, we gave gifts, we got gifts. Uh, it was just a big deal. So Christmas Eve was always an exciting time. The weather had cooled off. Uh, generally, we, we weren't in school, so I was able to hang out with friends and family all day. It was just a good day. So August 31st felt like that this year. So this year uh, started with Clint, a buddy of mine, picking me up. And he picked me up at the house. I was ready. I was packed on the front porch. And my wife was laughing at me because I was getting picked up. And, uh, and I had all my stuff out on the front porch, like coolers and, and, uh, food and, and bags and, and all the stuff for camp. And 
uh, my buddy rolls up with his truck and we're getting everything loaded up and and my kids uh, go up and, and they, they look at him and they look at me and Clint's got a pretty awesome beard and uh, mine's mine's there. Uh, it's just not as long as his. <laughs> and so and I'm pretty proud of my beard, right? Obviously, red beard outdoors, right? So uh, Clint, anyway, Clint has a, a, a bigger beard than mine. The kids looked at it and they look at me and they said, Dad, why isn't your beard as awesome? <laughs> And Clint got a kick out of that. We were laughing about that for a little while. And uh, anyway, so that's how that all started. We got everything loaded up, hit the hit the road, um, and Clint and I were just chatting uh, the entire drive. That was a lot of fun. I uh, really enjoy having good friends that you can go on a couple hour road trip, or even if it ends up being a couple of days, like we spent elk hunting, and you're still friends afterwards and you can still have conversation means you've got a good friend in my opinion uh, if they can sit in a car with you and and deal with all your weird mannerisms for a couple hours or be stuck on a mountain with you in the cold and different elements and uh, still get along afterwards I'd say that's pretty pretty good friend so started off with that road trip we got into camp at about 10:30, and uh, we made the plans to head out before light Super excited, and we met up with a buddy of ours, Evan, which is the first time that I had met Evan. Um, Clint had known him for a while, and yeah, so we just set up our, actually set up our tents and went to sleep. And so the next morning, uh, we got out to see some cool country and got rained on. It was a bit chilly, and it rained pretty much all morning. So it was foggy, rainy, cold. Uh, not exactly the perfect, picture-perfect, ideal elk hunting weather, but that was okay. We were still super excited. Uh, so, yeah, it was a bit chilly and rained all morning. Then we went to camp for lunch and shot our arrows, uh, made sure our bones, our bows were still in tune, and uh, getting ready to find a, do, a different area to go to uh, for the afternoon and evening sit and hunt. And so we... we Went out in the evening, had picked our spots. We split up this time instead of sticking together, and uh, we we covered more ground. Now, this was the first night. So this was September 1st, uh, first night that we were actually out hunting. And this night, just to set it up, we had found this, uh, this saddle, which is where kind of you're coming off of a peak, and it's like a little mini valley in a way. It's between one peak and another. I mean, if you imagine a horse saddle where you sit is kind of in this lower portion where the ends of the saddle are both higher than the, the kind of the, for lack of better description, sagging portion of the middle, that's called the saddle. And when you're on a mountain, that's what you look at when you see the mountains. The, between two peaks, there's a saddle. So we had looked at this on a map and we figured this was a good area. It had good cover. Uh, there was some water. We had seen plenty and more than enough old and fresh sign in this area to know that the elk were active and that this saddle was probably a crossover from one of the the valleys to the next and so they'd use this saddle to to go over instead of obviously instead of going over both either of the peaks they'd go over the lower area and uh, it was shaded it just it was perfect the wind was great it was a great scenario it was a good setup so we go to our separate areas and we'd say a, a time that we're going to turn on our radios. We had some pretty 
pretty good radios that had good range that would uh, that we could hear each other. We were within probably a mile, two miles of each other. And so I, I get into this area in this perfect little, what I think is this perfect little bench. And uh, I've seen some sign here. It's got good cover. Um, the There's not too many sideways or horizontal branches, just trees that are going up. And uh, so I figured I'd have good shooting lanes. And I set up and I'm quiet for about 10, 15 minutes. Then I let out a bugle and... I did that for for a little bit where I'd, I'd wait 10, 15 minutes and let out a either a bugle or a cow call. No, trust me, don't follow my technique. I'm obviously not a pro. Uh, I just barely started, but uh, decent enough that I could do a, a decent bugle. I've had bulls talk back to me, so I figured I, I was okay, right? And uh, so I went on to to do that for probably about an hour uh, that I was hanging out in the spot. And by that time, the squirrels had calmed down. Um, and it sounded like there was movement going on, but I couldn't tell if that was squirrels dropping things or going through the trees or it, it was just, it was just really quiet, but there was some movement going on. So I figured, okay, I'll sit here for a little while. And right as I was about to pack up to leave, we had about I want to say it was about 10 minutes before sunset and I had my, my camera on my head and, uh, and I was looking around and I, I just let out a bugle and I was like, nah, I haven't heard anything. Um, getting ready to get my stuff ready to, to pack back out to meet the guys. And out of the corner of my eye, I see a brown body and I was like, Hmm. So I know the deer are in transition right now. Maybe it's a deer. I'm not sure. I kind of saw him between the trees it was super quiet. That's the thing that freaks me out about these big animals. I wouldn't say freaks me out, but surprises me. How can 300 pound, or I guess if you've got a deer, two-ish hundred pound or more, and then elk, six, 700 pound animals, walk through this stuff that I make noise with, and I'm less than 200 pounds, and I've only got two feet, and these animals have four feet, and they don't make a sound. It, it's so crazy to me. It's like they float over deadfall and uh, all this other stuff that's on the ground that you can step on and pop and crackle and make noise with. So listening for this, and and I, I don't hear anything, but I do see this brown body kind of move between the trees, and then the, it stops, and it's, it's not in a good shooting spot. And I had ranged some trees that were my shooting lanes uh, to get a good idea of where I would be shooting if an elk did walk out. And my heart's thumping. I know it's an elk. It's it's a spike, so nothing fancy. But I told myself it has if it has antlers and it's an elk, it's going down. It's my first year. I'm not going to be picky at all. I just want meat in the freezer, and I would like to be successful with my elk tag. It's an over-the-counter over Utah bow or archery hunt. And so... I was, I, I've never gotten buck fever with a deer before, but this elk had my heart rate through the roof. And I feel like I started to forget the things that I had practiced for a year and it happens. And if you've been there, you, you know what I'm talking about. So he walks out and I haven't pulled my bow up yet. And then he kind of gets like to the spot where his eyes are covered. If you know anything about it, 
if their eyes are not covered, even if they look like they're facing away from you, they've got almost 360 degree vision. I mean, it's like 270 degrees of vision. So if they can see your eyes or if you can see their eyes at all, they can see your movement. They may not recognize what you are, but they can see you move. So I waited till his eyes were covered by this tree. He kind of bent over to, to get some food and I drew back. And he kind of stopped for a minute, looked up. I don't know if he heard something or if he caught a little bit of my movement. And I was at full draw at this point. And so he walks over, he kind of side hills over to this perfect shooting lane. But he comes up and he's frontal. So he's facing me, not a broadside shot. Uh, he's frontal. And I had told myself as well, I'm not taking that shot. I'm not going to take a frontal shot on my first year. Uh, there's a lot of hard bone structures right there on the front. Uh, they've got, you know, their sternum, uh, the, all their shoulder bones kind of come together up there. Their rib cage is coming together. It's super, super tight spot. And I'm confident in my accuracy, but I did not want to wound an elk. I wanted it to be a clean, ethical shot. And so I waited and I'm, I'm still at full draw. Now, this is probably about 30 seconds in. And I'm not feeling it at all as far as being at full draw, but my heart rate is through the roof. And then at that point, when I recognized that he was frontal, I started talking to myself and saying, just hold, hold, hold. And I was mentally talking to myself and started to calm down just a little bit. And I was thinking, well, he's, he's probably looking at me. I don't have the best camo. I've got like a Walmart camo t-shirt and some dark green pants <laughs> And that's about it for my camo. And uh, anyway, so he turns sideways again and starts side-hilling back to where I'd originally seen him. And I had ranged that area to be 25 yards. So it's perfect. Between my 20 and 30 pin on my sight, uh, he's going to pop out. He's going to be full sideways, broadside. And I'm going to take that shot right through the pump house. So he takes his time. He takes his time. At this point, I'm at about a minute, minute 10. And he kind of pokes his head out into this area. And again, no shot. And I'm still holding because I'm worried that if I let down, he's going to see that motion and boom, just like that, he's going to be gone. And so I just keep holding and keep holding. <laughs> and he's taking his sweet time, at least what I felt like. Going back and looking at the video, the whole interaction was only a couple minutes. But he's taking his sweet time. And he finally steps out and his, his, his vitals, his lungs and heart, chest cavity area are in the perfect spot. Now his heart, the lower portion of his heart is covered by this log that's going horizontal. And it's kind of going from the ground up at not too steep of an incline, but it's just enough to where it, it's, it's covering the bottom of his heart and some of the front portion of his vitals. Um, so it would be kind of more of a mainly lung shot that I was looking at. If you can picture the anatomy of an elk on there. So for me, I was like, man, this is perfect, perfect, perfect. And I was getting ready. I was starting my process, talking myself through it. Perfect center between the 20 and 30 pin. And just pulled, pulled, pulled. And the shot broke. And it was beautiful. I could not have asked for a better first shot on an elk. And I hear the hard smack of wood. At first, 
Don't get me wrong. I thought it sounded like, you know, if you've ever hit the bone on any big animal, you know that smack. You know you've hit bone. I thought I had hit the shoulder blade. And I wasn't concerned about the penetration because of the arrow setup that I had. I was not worried about whether or not I was I was going to make it through the shoulder. And it was a little too dark for me to go back and review the footage of whether or not I'd hit the shoulder or the log below it. Uh, but I, I knew I had it lined up perfect. I knew it was a clean break. And I, I was sure that it was a good shot. So I was confused because he obviously whirled, spun off, and ran. And so I gave a little bit. Uh, he had stopped a little bit. So I gave him a couple minutes. Uh, I did watch him as he went away. I pulled up my binoculars. Now, again, this is right at sunset, and we're kind of in some thick trees. So when I pulled up my binoculars to look at him, uh, he he ran down a little bit and stopped. And I thought for sure that meant I'd got him. Uh, but when I looked through my binoculars in the place where I'm pretty sure the arrow had hit him, it looked dark like blood, but I, again, I couldn't tell. And it, I couldn't tell if it was the brown, like the darker brown or if it was blood. And then he ran off and I said, okay, well, I'm going to give him a minute and then I'm going to go down to where, uh, to where I shot. And so I gave him a little bit. I went down to where I shot and I didn't see any blood. I couldn't find my arrow. I wasn't using lighted knocks. Um, and, and I couldn't see where it had maybe hit the log or I just see where he had spun and there was no blood. So I went back to my buddies and I broke the news to him, let him know, Hey, I'm not hundred percent sure. Do you want to come help me track this? And now by now it's dark and we get up there and, and we're looking and I had marked the spot where I had released the arrow where the elk was. And at that point, uh, Clint goes down and he said, Hey, how about you range find me? I said, great. So he goes and he stands where the, the messed up dirt and, and leaves are from where the elk had spun and run off. And when I pulled up my rangefinder, it was at, it was like 40 or 42 yards. <laughs> now that doesn't seem like a lot for anyone that doesn't hunt with a bow. And it more than likely still would have hit the elk in the low vitals if the log hadn't been in the way. But the log was there, and the elk was further than I thought. And uh, in all the excitement, I didn't pull the, put the bow down, range him, and then draw again. And so it was a clean miss, which I'd rather have a clean miss than wound an animal. And I could see on the tree where the arrow had skimmed off and it more than likely went over the elk's back after it skimmed off. So that was exciting and disappointing all in one because I was disappointed, obviously for not feeling the tag, but excited because I drew on an elk for the first time in my life. And that rush got me, has gotten me hooked. I don't know how else to explain it. I am, I'm hooked on elk hunting. I, I love hunting in general, uh, big game and turkeys. But that experience was awesome for the fact that it just went from zero all day to ramped up for a couple minutes was just crazy to me. And I loved it. I loved every second.
So we hiked back a little, you know, kind of tail between my legs, kind of beating myself up a little bit in my head for missing that shot and being so dumb as to not, not range the elk uh, before I drew back. But again, any of you that know that have been out elk hunting, you know how quick those things can happen and you've got to know your ranges ahead of time. You just have to, like, there's no, there's no other option. Uh, you may have the opportunity to range them if you've got good cover when they walk in. But at this point I did not have that opportunity. I felt like maybe I did, uh, and I blew it, but either way, it was an amazing, amazing shot. So, or sorry, an amazing opportunity. So I just kept, you know, beating myself up a little bit here and there. And then when we got back to camp, I said, you know what, that could be good because that was our first day. That was September one. And what is that going to be? What is that going to mean for the rest of the trip? So went out and uh, the next day found a lot more elk sign. We kind of went in the same general area um, that we had gone the day before. So lots of elk sign. This was September 2nd. Uh, we put in the miles and we definitely hiked around again, saw more elk sign. Um, some kind of fresh, but definitely a lot of sign in there. You can tell that they hang out in this area. And, but no elk. We didn't see any elk. We didn't hear any elk, didn't see any elk. And uh, so we were kind of getting a little, it was a little disappointing. I mean, it happens, right? You you go out and you go, you have these expectations of yourself, um, especially after I just filled my doe tag. And I was excited. It was my first September, you if you watch anything on YouTube or any videos, like it gets you excited and it makes you think that the success is just going to happen. I can tell you it's not that easy. Uh, and especially with us doing over the counter and our, by ourselves. Yeah, we, we found the area that the elk were in by doing e-scouting and a bunch of other prep work, but we still had to find actual live elk. <laughs> and obviously they were in that area because I, I had seen at least one. So we we continue on to the, the next day. So that we passed through September 2nd. It was really uneventful, just lots of hiking and driving around and hiking and uh, putting in the miles and work. So then the next day, uh, it started at 3 a.m. Yes, 3 a.m. And the reason why it started at 3 a.m. was because I was in a tent and there was hail, rain, and lightning. And we were kind of on, in this more open area, there was some tree cover, but in kind of an open area. And I'm a heavy sleeper, and for this to have woken me up, it kind of freaked me out a little bit. I was worried uh, more than anything about um, getting struck by lightning. I was not too concerned about the hail and the, the rain and the wind. Uh, I had a good sturdy tent, but the lightning kind of freaked me out a little bit. It was pretty, pretty loud, uh, the thunder and and extremely bright. And so that's how the morning started. Uh, we were able to dry our stuff out a, a little bit overnight, but obviously with it getting rained on and everything overnight, uh, I had my stuff in the tent. Some people didn't. Uh, so that, that just kind of started the morning off uh, pretty interesting. And uh, so we, we started off wet and there was uh, no elk again. And we kind of were in a different area uh, looking for elk and there was no fresh sign so it just happens it happens and we got wet which is even more demoralizing uh, and um, that evening we went out 
and there was this crazy, crazy hailstorm. It's crazy hailstorm, and we were we were in a whole another area again for the evening. We had we had driven to a different spot during lunchtime, and uh, again no elk and no elk sign in this area. So we we're just kind of getting beat down by by the weather, but it is all good. All right, we we done we had done our part at least those couple days, and then on September fourth we just did a morning hunt. Um, we found a little bit of sign, uh, no elk. I found uh, two carcasses, well not carcasses, it's just the remains, the bones, um, and places where people had hung the elk, so they had actually bent these trees over and tied them down so that they created like a hanging stick for the meat as they were cleaning the animals, and that was pretty cool to see. I had seen some fresh uh, poop along that, or scat, whatever you want to call it, along the this trail. Uh, the, again, I know they're in there. It's just that they're few and far between, and we were hitting them at the wrong times. And so, so nothing that morning. And then uh, we did need to, to head out after that. So those were the first. So I was there from August 31st through September 4th for my first hunt. And it was exciting. Even though I had a total of like three minutes seeing an elk, um, every time I saw a fresh sign, it got me excited. Every time we'd start out in the morning, I was pumped. Every time we'd do an evening sit, I was excited as well. And even though the, the weather wasn't the best, um, and it was windy or rainy or hail, whatever it wanted to throw at us, wasn't amazing. I had a great time. I really did enjoy it. And that's kind of the key. Uh, a big thing for me and a lot of stuff that we discussed that we in uh, that we did during this these couple of days that we were out together, we had learned because both me and Clint were brand new to elk hunting with a bow and elk hunting in general. Uh, so a lot of the things that we learned, we had learned from Elk Shape, uh, Elk Shape Camp, uh, the content that he puts out, and then also... Um, the Elk Collective is another great resource where they go into everything from calling to reading maps to learning Google Maps and how to in, how to interpret that with OnX and uh, where elk are going to be, what to look for. All of those things helped cut our learning curve down a ton. So we were into elk country the entire time. We just weren't necessarily into elk. And that takes experience as well knowing what elk do in certain areas you just have to get out and you have to learn about them because yes elk are generally the same animal throughout all the different states that they live in but they also are just like any other creature to where they find what they like in the area that they're in and once you find that you're on to them but if you can't find that then you're you're not going to get on to them so Anyway, if you're looking for a good resource to learn more, and this is just, again, just the first uh, five days that I was out there, uh, everything that we implemented had to do with something that we had picked up through Elk Shape and had learned and, and implemented throughout the rest of the months since Elk Shape Camp until we got out there on the mountain and actually chased elk. So that's something that you should look into. Uh, go to elkshape.com. Uh, sign up for the camp. He's just an awesome dude. And you won't regret it. 
every moment that you spend there is about bettering yourself. And his content is just blue collar, down to earth, awesome dude uh, who's no BS. So, uh, but on the drive back, we discussed that. We discussed what we were going to do better, how we were going to fill the time buckets uh, of our family before we headed back out and our work and everything else that we needed to do before we headed back out. So that's how the trip ended uh, for the first couple days. And that's the end of part one here uh, for for my, my first experience out. It was awesome to have that very first day, first evening run in with an elk, even though it was just a spike. Some of you guys will probably laugh at me because you've been hunting for years and and you see spikes on a regular. And for me, that was a big deal. Uh, and for those of you that are maybe looking into getting into elk hunting with a bow, I recommend it. It's awesome. It's a great experience. But I also want you to know, uh, just it's hard. It's not easy. You're going to put in tons of miles and you're not going to see anything. And then all of a sudden, it's going to go from zero to 100 in a matter of seconds. And then it's all going to go away again. <laughs> and that's just kind of how it is. But if you are interested in it, definitely reach out to me again or uh, go check out Elk Shape. That's probably where I'll be directing you anyway. If you if you uh, come to me and ask me questions, I'll give you some pointers that I've learned. But most of the stuff that I'll direct you to has to do with Elk Shape Camp. Um, that's pretty much it for this this portion. This is just part one. And uh, just uh, want to remind you guys that uh, I do post very frequently and daily over at red.beard.outdoors uh, on Instagram and then on Facebook as well. Uh, check me out. Send me a message. You got any questions or you got any feedback about this episode or something that maybe you wanted to know or some clarification on, shoot me a message. I, I'd be more than happy to talk with you. Um, I love getting my voice out there so that the community can grow and can learn from each other more than anything. Uh, I just want people to enjoy their lives and to live better lives. For me, I've found that in uh, family, fitness, and the outdoors. Uh, that's that's what I love about life, and and I want to share that with everyone. So please uh, go go tune in over there and and give me some feedback. And I appreciate your listening today. Hope you have an amazing rest of your day. And as always, get out, live your life, and love it. <laughs>